Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is Thursday of the 17th week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, protector of those who hope in you, without whom nothing has firm foundation, nothing is holy. Bestow in abundance your mercy upon us, and grant that with you as our ruler and guide, we may use the good things that pass in such a way as to hold fast even now to those that ever endure. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Jeremiah. The word that was addressed to Jeremiah by the Lord, Get up and make your way to the potter's house. There I shall let you hear what I have to say. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, working at the wheel. And whenever the vessel he was making came out wrong, as happens with the clay handled by potters, he would start afresh and work it into another vessel, as potters do. Then this word of the Lord was addressed to me. House of Israel, cannot I do to you what this potter does? It is the Lord who speaks. Yes, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so you are in mine, house of Israel. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Blessed are they whose help is the God of Jacob. Blessed are they whose help is the God of Jacob. My soul give praise to the Lord. I will praise the Lord all my days. Make music to my God while I live. Blessed are they whose help is the God of Jacob. Put no trust in princes, in mortal men, in whom there is no help. Take their breath, they return to clay, and their plans that day come to nothing. Blessed are they whose help is the God of Jacob. He is happy who is helped by Jacob's God, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who alone made heaven and earth, the seas and all they contain. Blessed are they whose hope is the God of Jacob. Alleluia, alleluia. Open our hearts, O Lord, to listen to the words of your Son. Alleluia.
The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the crowds, The kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet cast into the sea that brings in a haul of all kinds. When it is full, the fishermen haul it ashore. Then, sitting down, they collect the good ones in a basket and throw away those that are no use. This is how it will be at the end of time. The angels will appear and separate the wicked from the just to throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and grinding of teeth. Have you understood all this? They said, yes. And he said to them, well then, every scribe who becomes a disciple of the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out from his storeroom things both new and old. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The image that we have from the prophet Jeremiah in the first reading today um, is really a, a striking and, and beautiful image. You see, the prophets, the prophets, they don't just teach by means of their words, they teach by means of their actions. And here we see Jeremiah, he gets sent to the potter's house and is there to observe what the potter does. So Jeremiah says, I went down to the potter's house and there he was working at the wheel and whenever the vessel he was making came out wrong, as happens with the clay handled by potters, he would start afresh and work it into another vessel as potters do. Now, of course, this is a prophetic image, which means that it points beyond itself to something further. And so, you know, the Lord adds, house of Israel, cannot I do to you what this potter does? It's the Lord who speaks. Yes, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so you are in mine, house of Israel. Now, I think the first thing to note uh, is that God is using this image of clay. Uh, and of course, when we go back to the book of Genesis, we hear that man is formed out of the dust of the earth. And, and, and what is clay? It is dust that's bound together with, with water. Of course, God is the potter. He's the one who, who fashioned Adam from the dust of the earth. And he's the one who breathed life into Adam. There was an old Jewish tradition that saw God fashioning Adam uh, out of the dust of the earth, but, but using his saliva in order to do it, to bind the dust together that, that he used his spittle. Um, and of course, you know, we see later on in the gospel that Jesus, he spits on the ground, makes a paste out of the dust of the earth, um, and then puts it on the eyes of the man born blind. God really is the potter. You know, he's using clay in order to deal with his people. But we hear that this clay's gone a little bit wrong. We hear this about the potter. Whenever the vessel he was making came out wrong, as happens with the clay handled by potters, he would start afresh and work it into another vessel. So he doesn't throw out the vessel, but he uses that clay once more to reshape, to remould it, so that it would fit the proper size, the proper proportion. And so this becomes a beautiful image. It shows the intention of God to reshape and to reform Israel. And it speaks of God's unwillingness to compromise with, with imperfection. That he will come and he will put right that which is wrong. 
But here's the thing, that clay needs to be pliable. It needs to be soft. It needs to be able to be shaped and formed by the hands of the potter. Um, and, you know, if, if we truly are the clay, then we too need to be this docile, this malleable in the hands of God. So here's this beautiful picture then, that the clay brings its malleability, but it's the potter who brings the shape. So obviously we're not finished products. Um, God's still working on us. And I think the beauty about this image as well is that it's not the clay that shapes itself. It's the potter who shapes the clay. And, and, and so, you know, so many of those imperfections that we know that are so present within us, those, those foibles, those flaws that, that we struggle to overcome, and, and that sometimes, you know, we, we acknowledge that, hey, look, Lord, I'm actually kind of powerless in the face of this problem. But what I bring to God is my, my willingness to be different. And then God can accomplish for me what I can't do for myself. I actually think this reading goes quite beautifully with the parable of the dragnet. We had this parable on Sunday, of course, um, and it, it's, a, it's a bit of a scary image, I suppose, of this net that, that it pulls in all sorts of stuff from the bottom of the ocean and then, you know, gathering it together, it therefore needs to be sorted. And, you know, Jesus describes this sorting process and, and there are good fish and there are useless fish that, that get tossed out. And of course, this speaks of the importance of our lives, that uh, what we do here on earth is not meaningless, that the, the choices that we make and the faithfulness that we have to God, that, that this is very important at the end of time. But I think we could be tempted to misread the parable a little bit and think, okay, well, you know, there are good fish and there are useless fish and, and you know, one can never turn into the other. So you might go through life thinking, oh, well, I'm just one of the ones that'll get tossed out, and I may as well just live my life as one that gets tossed out. It's like, no, 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 no. It's not the last day yet. We can be judged among the good fish that are gathered together into the catch. When we bring God our freedom, when we give him our life, when we allow ourselves to be the clay shaped by his hands, so I actually think these two readings go together quite well. Um, they they emphasize different things. The, the parable certainly says that, you know, our lives are important and the choices that we make, they really do count. It's not as if God ignores the reality of our lives. But at the same time, that which is not yet as it should be, in the hands of God, can be reshaped as clay is reshaped by the potter. And so I think it becomes something really hopeful that the Lord isn't just the distant judge that, that kind of, you know, like Caesar in Rome sort of holds his thumb up or thumb down as to whether or not he thinks you should be brought into heaven or sent out to hell where there's weeping and grinding of teeth. No, he's the potter who is busy shaping and reshaping our own hearts so that we may indeed be part of the catch, that we may be the good fish that are gathered together 
to himself. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father. <laughs>